Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Welcome everyone. I am here with another amazing episode. I don't have any environmental headlines for you or anything out of the ordinary to discuss as part of the announcements portion. So we're going to get started with the first segment up, which is headlines from the hemispheres. As you know, it's a quick briefing on all things environmental news and headlines all across our wonderful globe. So we're going to get started with the first headline, and it comes out of Antarctica, and it's about the ice shelves and the global warming. So crevasse analysis reveals vulnerability of ice shelves to global warming, and nature.com had the piece first. And again, this is out of Antarctica, and the science behind what the article mainly talks about, it all began back in 2002 which seems like a blink away, but it started then when there was a large part and piece of the Larsen B ice shelf that uh, normally you'll see floating uh, in Antarctica. It uh, broke off uh, in less than about six weeks uh, from uh, glaciologists when they were looking at the uh, Larsen B ice shelf. And since that event started, uh, glaciologists have spent the past two decades, so you know, 20 years, looking at how that ice shelf disintegration, how ice shelves, how they uh, manifest after they've broken off. And what we can learn about uh, why they break off and how they do so and how it can predict a future ice shelves breaking off and when is the next one likely to fall and even how the ice, uh, when it melts, how it impacts our world's oceans. So there are two main uh, suspects for uh, why ice shelves really uh, break off, and one of them is atmospheric uh, and warming, and another is oceanic uh, warming. But atmospheric warming is definitely suspect number one when it came to the collapse of the Larsen B ice shelf. Now, this resulted in the formation of these uh, water pools that are really sneaky pools, these uh, crevasses or crevices, um, people will call them however they pronounce them, uh, each to each his own, but uh, nonetheless, water is creeping inside the fractures of ice itself, and that's what's causing uh, additional stress to break apart the ice shelves. Now, crevices or crevasses, uh, they are really thought to eventually uh, break through all the way from the surface to the bottom of an ice sheet, and that process itself is called hydrofracturing. The second headline is about water and where it came from. Water, water, water everywhere. 
And now scientists know where it came from. NPR.org had that story, and it originated from scientists out in France. And it was the study was originally published in Science in the journal. And it discusses how Earth likely uh, came upon its precious water sources we all need uh, to survive. It's um, an amazing resource and so uh, plentiful in, in plenty of places around uh, the world. And how Earth came upon water is that it, uh, it was an original uh, material or part of the planet. It was actually built um, on the planet, into the planet, but uh, it's not like uh, water arrived from somewhere else and then somehow it mixed um, into our atmosphere and that's how we got water. Researchers, they were studying for signs of water in rare forms of uh, meteor uh, meteorites. And only 2% of the meteorites found on Earth are so-called instatic chondrite uh, meteorites. And they have a particular chemical makeup and it suggests that uh, they're close to the kind of ancient primordial stuff that uh, came together and produced our planet 4.5 billion years ago. So one of the researchers, Lorette Piani and her colleagues, they looked at 13 different unusual meteorites and they looked at how uh, they formed close in uh, to the sun, in relation to the sun. And the researchers, they looked at the uh, chemical makeups of the meteorites, they analyzed them just to see how much oxygen they had in there. And since hydrogen can react with uh um, oxygen to produce water, then that means they're going to get a better indicator of uh, when or how much hydrogen was in the rocks, and that will indicate how much water uh, this uh, material could have contributed to growing uh, the earth. Uh, lastly is uh, some information about vertical farming, which is a bit new, and uh, where it's starting now. Well, farming in the desert are vertical farms a solution for or to saving water. DW.com had that story. And the United Arab Emirates is where that story takes us to. So the UAE, United Arab Emirates, they don't experience a lot of water. They have at least 12 days of rain, typically a year, and they have less than 1% of arable land and land that can uh, grow uh, food and other types of things. And because of their location and it being a desert and dry environment, they have to import so much of their food, about 80% of their food. So it's really an uncomfortable and unfortunate place to even think about trying to farm anything traditionally. But there was a, a popular entrepreneur, uh, Kurtz is his last name, and he has developed really sophisticated high-tech uh, techniques to farming and boosting crop production in the United Arab Emirates. And so he kind of built the first climate-controlled greenhouse in uh, Abu Dhabi back in uh, 2017, 
and he makes it so that there, there are proper conditions for growing our food, you know, that ensures greater food security, and uh, they've already invested millions in these type of uh, vertical farm technologies already, making it uh, pretty sustainable as far as the foreseeable future goes. Now, this technology definitely uses minimal land, which is a good thing, and up to 95% less water than your uh, regular, normal, um, conventional agriculture. For this episode, there are going to be probably people who are shocked um, as far as the information because we do happen to use you know, coconut products um, maybe uh, every so often, but the ingredients in them uh, are there. Palm oil will definitely shock you with some of the names that um, it's been known to go by in so many products themselves. You'll see uh, coconut-derived uh, products um, everywhere, and same as palm oil, too, definitely in your cosmetic, um, skincare, hair, and food uh, products, same thing with coconut oil. So I wanted to uh, kind of break down uh, why palm oil is kind of so destructive and definitely talk about some alternatives a little bit later that are better or just as good as coconut oil um, and it's just as good as in price-wise, too, because uh, not all oils are the same and, and butters and such, but if you want to switch up uh, the types of oils that you use and definitely not use anything that is of, of the nature of palm oil, for example, then I think that you'll love this episode in particular. Uh, so uh, we're going to just specifically talk about uh, coconut oils uh, versus uh, palm oil. And we're going to get started with uh, discussing that a report recently was um, touched upon because it broke down the environmental impact of coconut oil production. And a researcher in the field, he had linked palm oil uh, to coconut oil, and that kind of sparked a debate amongst many because um, both of these are multi-billion dollar industries. Now, palm oil has received tons of negative scrutiny and attention and even boycotts, which uh, makes sense uh, in the last few years um, because of the clearing that's uh, sometimes necessary in Southeast Asia and other parts um, for its production of palm oil. But coconut oil, though, alternatively, on the opposite side, has received tons of popularity because it's known as a healthy superfood and doesn't really have uh, any cultivation concerns, really. So the study had uh, really uh, talked about um, it, it, it impacted um, the way that uh, deforestation is and the animals and how you know they live their lives um, and, and tons of other things too but palm oil is really dangerous and the study was published in current biology and so the paper really uh, went about talking about coconut cultivation also palm oil with coconut cultivation it threatens 18.6 species per million tons of oil that's produced nearly five times more than palm oil and in Indonesia, it is uh, heavy in both industries. It, it actually um, thrives off both uh, coconuts and uh, palm oil. 
but uh, it is really the world's biggest grower of palm oil, followed by Malaysia at number two. And then it's also the world's biggest coconut producer after the Philippines. So when it comes to palm oil, just think and remember that number one is Indonesia in production, and then number two is Malaysia. And then when it comes to coconuts, uh, number one is the Philippines for its production, and then number two is Indonesia. So by the numbers, we're going to quickly look at the numbers of how both of these kind of break down. And uh, also sales uh, for like both of these types of crops. So uh, you'll find palm oil and coconut oil in so many different foods from cookies to soaps to everything in between. And palm oil is uh, cheaper and more versatile. And with the global sales of palm oil, they peaked at $43 billion in 2019. And then coconut oil sales were around $2.7 billion, uh, according to Warder's estimates. And uh, when it comes to the United States, the United Nations uh, Food and Agricultural Organization, or FAO, industry, it really puts a perspective on global uh, palm oil production at around 75 million tons over 20 million hectares and coconut oil production stood at and stands at uh, 2.91 million tons over 12.01 million hectares. Reuters.com really did a wonderful job uh, speaking about this and so I really enjoyed uh, going over both of these crops. There's just so much uh, when it comes to both of these uh, really versatile but uh, extremely um, cultivated crops that uh, there's there's more alternatives that we can of course learn about and so we're going to get to those in a bit after the notable quotable now for the notable quotable it is quote Production of both crops is destructive when it originates from the wrong areas such as forests, peatland, and high conservation value areas. For now, there is much more palm than coconut cultivated globally, and its production is growing much faster, so palm undoubtedly has more impact. And quote, and that quote was from Chandra Panjiwi Bowo the of the the forest alliance indonesia country director i know that there is so much love for coconut oil and maybe it's close cousin palm oil coconut oil i i do love uh using but if i know that it's not sustainable over the long term then i'm gonna lay off of it i know that there are other oils uh, that do many other amazing things too. Moisturize, you, know, you can cook with them. They are excellent in their vitamin, uh, vitamins and mineral content. And uh, they are great as uh, moisturizers and tons of other uh, uses in uh, things that you can use, you know, these oils for. So uh, what we learned today or in this episode, I should say, is that uh, palm oil uh, is is not your friend and it is cultivated differently than coconut oil and I think it's also marketed a bit differently because there's no um, outright uh, products in my mind that I could literally buy on the shelves they are just palm oil like they're not selling palm oil uh, by the jar but they are doing that with coconut oil and uh, coconut products 
coconuts period you can do that with but with palm itself the either with the nut or the oils or any uh, byproduct of a palm itself you're not getting that it's it's found and it's mixed and it's best when it's uh, mixed with other uh, types of ingredients and then you'll you'll be able to um, make better use of the palm itself there but there are many different other oils that are just as valuable, just as useful, and are plenty resourceful as well. And I want to talk a little bit about them too. So avocado oil is a, a staple to some. I love avocados, uh, number one, because I can make guac out of them. And I love, love, love guac. I, I swear by it, it's the best thing ever for me, especially it's next to salads. Like that's my top green food. Um, jojoba oil. Jojoba oil is uh, really great as a an oil too because it's close to your um, your scalp a sebum or the, or the oil from your scalp, um, and also uh, grapeseed oil is too. Grapeseed oil is great. It's a light oil. A lot of uh, oils that are a little bit different than coconut oil in structure and how they feel definitely are, are great for room temperatures um, and, and great for moisturizing too and cooking with. Uh, almond oil, same thing. Uh, apricot oil. Some of these oils are very fragrant and they smell uh, amazing. Uh, extra virgin olive oil is a staple in a lot of households for cooking. Same thing in mine. Uh, castor oil. Uh, is extremely thick. That is an oil that you definitely want to dilute, but it's very purposeful, you know, maybe for uh, medicinal reasons for uh, getting over a cold or or something to that effect or for moisture too, um, like out of the bath or shower. Um, and it's extremely thick. It's a oil. It's a type of oil that you want to cut it with something else uh, to uh, definitely dilute the oil concentration because it's extremely uh, thick to the point that it's almost sticky uh, to some. There's also a mango seed oil and mango seed butter. Mango is a is a whole nother animal. It has butter uh, associated with it too and the oil. So both of those are really rich. And pomegranate oil is another oil as well. I haven't really found um, too much pomegranate oil like on the shelves but I, I probably will find it in bulk if I check online. I tried making it myself one time. It didn't go over well. The seeds, I probably didn't have enough concentration of other ingredients and tried to boil it. It was not fun. So I kind of have scarred memories when it comes to trying to make pomegranate oil so I'm going to just leave it to the experts in case I ever want some in the future. And there are other oils definitely and there's a list I'm going to break down a little bit uh, in a bit but um, there are just so many oils that can you you can switch out for using coconut oil so that is um, you know what that list is for and there are other types of oils too that we're going to get to and some of these oils are going to be on the list too so you'll get to see uh, their their profile as an oil and uh, the goodness that they have and you know the use that you can have for these oils Last thing I want to talk about is that with uh, coconuts, they do have a, um, a maturation period. So a period where they're going to mature that takes so long. Coconuts do not take weeks to make and grow, make on the tree, because we can't con conventionally make them. But uh, they're supported by the tree in these clusters or racks. And at minimum, it takes six months to grow 
um, coconut oil to even be usable in some fashion and then another uh, 14 months just totally to completion to have it fully matured so with coconuts they take time to cultivate and in every step of the process uh, every uh, month of that coconut it's a, it's a different point of which it's mature uh, so it's not uh, easy to possibly you know grow coconuts and so that's kind of what lends to um, it's it's nature and it's expense a little bit too and um, you know where it's grown so I hope that all these um, tips when it comes to the different oils and coconuts was really something that you can learn from in the future and now we're gonna get to the Mother Earth Minute we're gonna break down some other tips in conjunction with the different oils that you can use to replace coconut and palm oil The Mother Earth Minutes is where we review, in the next few minutes, proactive things that we can all do to combat the issue in the episode and to protect Mother Earth. As you know, the issue in the episode is that palm oil and also coconut oil, they're very much tied together and there are some destructive patterns in the cultivations of both that we can break. And a lot of the information uh, in this part of the segment uh, is about uh, the common products, first of all, that we use um, that contain palm oil and coconut oil in the various names that both of them can be under and they're the byproducts uh, of them. So worldwildlife.org has an amazing list of the um, products out there that first contain palm oil. So number one thing you want to do is find out actually what contains palm oil because it can be a very a scary to, to find out what contains palm oil. With coconut, like coconut oil or any uh, name that coconut oil will be found under, it's kind of self-explanatory because it'll actually have the name itself sometimes or um, a scientific name you can look for as well. So when it comes to palm oil, you can find it in everything from biodiesel biscuits, like the containers that you can make biscuits from, um, chocolate, coconuts, um, or cookies, I should say, not coconuts. Um, detergent, which is kind of disgusting. Uh, face wash, ice cream, yes, palm oil and, and palm uh, ingredients. And byproducts in ice cream, instant noodles, lipstick, margarine, packaged bread, packaged pastries, pizza dough, shampoo, and even soap. All of these things, edibles and, and unedible uh, products. Number two is to peel back the label or look up ingredients if you're skeptical or worried about if this is disguised as palm oil because its name will not just tell you right off the bat if it's palm oil and that's what I was talking about before sometimes the name palm oil will be disguised as a, as a 50 different other names and I'll try to, to um, briefly um, say some of the names that you may have seen um, on, on labels from different products and coconut oil I'll do the same as well so sometimes palm oil will read or be listed as vegetable oil or vegetable fat, 
uh, palm kernel, palm kernel oil, palm fruit oil, palmate, sometimes we'll see it as palmitate, or pomolian, or glycerolin, or stearate, or steric acid. Sometimes you'll see it as palmitic acid, or palm sterin, or um, sodium laureth sulfate, or sodium laurel sulfate, or sometimes sodium kernelate, or sodium palm kernelate. Um, sometimes you'll see it as other ones too, like um, high-rated palm glycerides and ethyl palmitate, and a few others as well. So palm oil is really, really sneaky. And that's what I was talking about earlier because you can find it in many different products, but it won't be necessarily seen as palm oil or palm kernel, kernel oil or anything of that sort. Coconut oil, for the most part, and most often you'll see it as coconut oil or it's a scientific name or, or copra oil or palm oil because it's so... Uh, so much related to um, palm oil or you'll have it listed and seen as virgin coconut oil third uh, thing to watch out for and it's really important here that a new um, healthadvisor.org had an amazing list I love it it had all types of great information they have 12 different oils that you can use as alternatives for both you know trying and using in all types of uh, uh, different ways so with argan oil, it is amazing because it contains vitamin E and fatty acids, and it's great at uh, hydrating and nourishing your skin, and it's typically used for treating split ends and softening cuticles. Almond oil is another great oil because it is also natural and it's rich in antioxidants and fatty acids and typically you'll find vitamins like vitamin A, B, D, and E in it and it will not easily clog skin pores and it can absorb into your skin really well. Avocado oil softens dry skin it treats cracked skin and conditions your skin and scalp, and you can use it for massaging. Avocado oil has amazing essential acids and vitamins in it, and it promotes hair growth, and it has amino acids, fatty acids, and the vitamins A, B, D, and E in it. Hemp seed oil has a natural SPS SPF of six and so that enables your skin to absorb vitamin D readily whenever you are basking in the sun or sunbathing and it also contains amazing amounts of omega-6 and omega-3 which rebuild your epidermal lipids. Now grapeseed oil contains several amino acids too and it's amazing for those who want to use it to you know treat dryness and irritation in your skin and it's got a, a nice silky texture and it's great for almost all skin types um, and it will not also uh, clog your pores or it will not cause any skin breakouts. Now, marula oil is a great oil because it is rich in antioxidants and omega acids and it's used uh, for its anti-aging properties and for moisture. Extra virgin olive oil contains antioxidants, vitamins, and also minerals and it's great for conditioning and moisturizing your hair and controlling dandruff. 
You can also use extra virgin olive oil on your skin for moisturizing. Jojoba oil is a liquid wax ester and it has a natural SPF of 4 and so it will definitely give you that consistency uh, of um, something that you can put on your body and your skin as well um, because it has the consistency like the oil from your scalp that natural human sebum I was talking about earlier. Hobo oil definitely will last long on your shelf. It really doesn't require refrigeration and will, it will not uh, turn rancid. And it's antibacterial and it has plenty of anti-inflammatory uh, properties. Safflower oil is an oil that you can apply to your skin as a substitute for coconut oil as well as all these other ones. But safflower oil is definitely the one that you want to go to for that. And safflower oil treats tons of skin problems. It softens dry skin and it soothes rough skin. Shea butter is a top favorite of mine. It has a natural SPF of a, a 6 to about a 10. And it is potent with its vitamin E in a good way. And it's used as an anti-inflammatory ointment and for hair and skin and moisturizing those things. Shea butter is excellent at treating eczema, bites, cuts, psoriasis, cracks in the skin, or any burns that you may have. I know of that firsthand. Burns are not fun, but putting shea butter on them definitely will soothe them and stop the uh, scarring process at least uh, for a time. And when it comes to shea butter, it strengthens and actually regenerates your skin and it boosts collagen production. So neem oil is another powerful potent oil. It has antiseptic, antifungal, antibacterial, and antiviral properties. So it gives you so much for what it does. It's also used traditionally also as an insecticide or as a bug repellent for those who know how to use it. And it's great for treating your acne and dandruff. And you should be able to dilute it because it is also a heavy type of oil, kind of like castor oil, but it's definitely one to dilute because of its thickness. Sunflower uh, seed oil is the next and last one and it is similar to human sebum so the oil from your scalp so there's a few oils I've touched on that are similar to your the oils of your scalp and it's rich in vitamins A, D and E and also contains essential fatty acids and uh, carotenoids that help in preventing skin cancer. Sunflower seed oil is also a nutritious um, when it comes to nourishing your skin and uh, all skin types except those that are already oily um, themselves. The ego fact of the day is that Nutella has very few hazelnuts and is actually 58% sugar and is 32% fat, most of which is palm oil. That fact was sourced from weirdfacts.org. We have arrived at the Eco Company Spotlight. It is the time in Greener Thoughts where we talk about all things environmentally friendly when it comes to products and services, all of which I review, I love. 
I have some experience with these products because I know and trust them and I've been using them sometimes for years sometimes they're new and I've been using them a few times most often I've had these around for years and I trust them enough to go ahead and review them for you and talk about them their backstories how many products that they have and just the amazingness of the product or company um, itself and giving you um, just amazing information about what it offers and it's great for anyone who is maybe unsure about a new product or wants to learn something a bit different I've been doing it for a while since February 2019 and anyone who knows Green Thoughts and the program knows that's a long time to have been covering different products because they all add up and I, I hope that you are able to utilize every one of them one of the uh, next ones I want to get to talking about is from the company Aculeaf and their amazing products. So we're going to start off with uh, talking about the founder, uh, John Dugan, who first came upon uh, trying to solve the problem of his headaches that he used to have in uh, college. And he had a huge, very bad one, very bad one. And it uh, was with his friend that he learned about acupressure and uh, how it could actually help him. And so he uh, let them pinch the, the LI for acupressure point in his hand. And that worked repeatedly after a time, you know, when he, he, whenever he had a headache. And then um, there was the, the, the time when they, could, when they could create a better solution and they, they took that chance, um, you know, with sharing uh, this amazing uh, pressure reliever, essentially just, just pointing and, and holding this pressure point. There are some drawbacks to that sort of self-treatment. Uh, one of them being that you're going to have sore thumbs from applying the pressure after a while and repeatedly. And number two is that you're going to be limited in um, what you can do because both of your hands are going to be in use. So that was the moment that Aculeaf was born. It's the affordable alternative uh, available to everyone and it's effective and all natural in its approach and solution. And you can use it essentially anywhere at any time. So Aculeaf does have some sustainability points to it, mainly that it is all natural and even the all natural rollerball product that is all natural too, that is a different product that they have too and they make. Uh, it's also drug free and you can reuse this product endlessly, no worries. Unless you lose it, that's the only thing you'll have to worry about. But it's, it's small and compact and will fit essentially uh, wherever you can have a little bag on hand, on hand uh, and then use it uh, whenever you have a headache. So the Aculeaf product itself in the company has been featured uh, in tons of notable uh, publications such as BuzzFeed, L, Forbes, Gadget User, the Hallmark Channel, the Huffington Post, NBC News, The Garment, and also The Wall Street Journal. Uh, Aculeaf has many products that it does uh, make. It has their Relief Balm. It's called their My Relief Balm. They have their Aculeaf Wearable Acupressure um, product itself, that tool. And then they have the two-pack version of the Aculeaf Wearable Acupressure. And then they have the three-pack, which is available in three different colors in the pack. 
and that's their AccuLeaf wearable uh, AccuPressure 2 and then they also have the bundle pack. Now I love AccuLeaf uh, personally because I bought it back on, on Amazon Smile. This was like mid-May uh, 2020 and I bought it for less than $20. Uh, it's amazing. It's extremely effective in relieving headaches. Essentially, instantly. I don't have to worry. I literally put it in this little pouch that I use for my lips, balms, and lip um, glosses and other things in my purse. And it's great. Like, I don't have to forget about it. I love the size of it. I love that I can just bring it with me and take it any anywhere I need to. Um, it's, it has different colors that you can... Uh, that you can buy it in and I love the privacy and the discreetness of it you know no longer you have to bust out a Tylenol or another pill just to soothe your annoying headache cramps and uh, also I love that it is a great uh, with a headache big or small like it doesn't matter the size of the headache or how many times you've had it during the day or anything like that like it literally will just get rid of it and just hit the spot uh, on your hand that relieves that pressure point there and it's so cool because it's one of the only few products ever that when I left a review I actually got a bonus pack so I got two free bonus AccuLeaf uh, the pressure acupressure uh, products themselves and they shipped them right to me it was it was free to of course do the review and it was easy you know they have tons of reviews and they ship it to you free no questions asked and uh, it's a it's a 34.99 USD um, uh, value so that's in US dollars but um, it's it's amazing what the the value and the relief that AccuLeaf brings and I love that and also has its recyclable packaging, which is great. And also, it depends on the price. Some some of the products depend on the price that you um, will have because all the products are like different. There's the pack version, there's the bundle packs, and then there's a the singular um, uh, AccuLeaf product itself. So I do give it five out of five green thumbs up all the way, and I highly recommend it for those who have headaches regularly or just problems it will soothe it right away and it's a go-to so as far as I can tell AccuLeaf can definitely be found in stores and online but I would definitely uh, purchase it online for sure on the website is your best bet at AccuLeaf.com that's A-C-U-L-I-E-F dot com you can also find it at Amazon ebay.com, thegrommet.com, and also uh, in Walmart. AccuLeaf uh, can be found on the following social media platforms of uh, Facebook at AccuLeaf, A-C-U-L-I-E-F. On Instagram, same thing, all lowercase. You can find it on LinkedIn at AccuLeaf, Pinterest at AccuLeaf, Twitter at AccuLeaf and also on YouTube at AccuLeaf. I recently subscribed to their uh, YouTube channel and it's a bit small right now, but I'm sure in the future they'll get uh, many more subscribers. Now to contact AccuLeaf, just go to the website and check it out, AccuLeaf, A-C-U-L-I-E-F.com and then click contact us at the uh, top of their website. I think maybe the bottom of the website. Either way, there are channels to go ahead and contact them to email them, message them, or even mail them. 
Thank you for tuning in and listening to this great episode about palm oil and coconut oil. I really hope that it was a pleasure for you to listen in on, especially um, my listeners who always come back for more. I freaking love y'all, and I know that you know it means just so much for me to you know make these episodes and to talk about amazing topics, you know, different stuff I learn about some things I do know, some things are a bit new to me. And I really, you know, had some joy in this episode because, you know, coconut oil is close to me. And now I know that there are many more oils that I can find. I knew before that there are plenty, but uh, some ones that I, you know, don't really have too much experience with because they're easily, you know, not available to me or maybe I don't, you know, find them in stores, but I'm just forever grateful to find uh, those options there and to have you listening. It is amazing to, you know, have... Um, a community um, of those who listen to Greener Thoughts, and there's just so much to learn. Um, for those you know who have headaches, I really hope that the AccuLeaf will help you as much as it's helped me. Because headaches are not fun, you know. Whether you know you get migraines, or it's seasonal, or it's it's due to uh, sound or pressure you may have in your body, or it's another reason. You know, headaches aren't fun, and sometimes they can last a while, and sometimes they just seem to never go away. And so if AccuLeaf can help you, then definitely leave a review for them so that you can get a bonus pack and you can share the magic of AccuLeaf. So as always, be sure to catch another episode coming up soon. You can always be sure to share Greener Thoughts. I'm listening in for more. There are tons of episodes in the back catalog. And there's also ways to go ahead and support Greener Thoughts if you so choose. As you know, the website is anchor.fm forward slash greener thoughts podcast and then there are support uh tabs and tiers and there's uh, many different ones at 99 cents per month four dollars and 99 cents per month and also nine dollars and 99 cents per month now these will ensure many more uh things uh with when it comes to growth of greener thoughts too so uh, thank you again for listening in and I really hope that you can check out another episode topic coming up soon in the future. But until then, as always, please take care of yourselves and please take care of the planet. See ya.